What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty here to introduce this week's sponsors. First one is Cash App. You freaks all already know all about them. They're number one finance app in the App Store for the last two years. Sitting on top of the throne like a Don. Uh, Cash App is uh, helping us stack sats on the weekends. It's the first where stack sats any day you want, really. Not just on the weekends. Uh, it's the first P2P payments app that has allowed their users to buy Bitcoin. As you freaks know, on top of this, they have their boost program that comes with a card that helps you save money when you go to partner merchants. They're partnered with Chick-fil-A, Whole Foods, coffee shops, Taco Bell. The list goes on. Uh, you swipe your, your boost card at these merchants and you get automatic uh, cash back. Uh, and then you can convert those cash straight into sats immediately after that. Low time preference. Take those savings. Turn them into sats. Go to the uh, Apple App Store or the Google Play Store and download the Cash App today. Uh, second sponsor is uh, one of those boot camps trying to help create more uh, Bitcoin developers out there. 21 Lectures. Uh, this episode is supported by 21 Lectures. 21 Lectures' mission is to bring more developers to the Bitcoin ecosystem with in-person courses. So uh, you'll be lectured by world-renowned Bitcoin and Lightning developers uh, their courses teach participants the fundamentals of how to work uh, with the Bitcoin blockchain. They cover cryptography, the structure of transactions, how blocks are uh, created, and how uh, they are chained together. Uh, smart contract languages, as well as the Lightning Protocol, all, all the cool stuff, um, including toolkits to develop on top of the Bitcoin blockchain and Lightning. To learn more, visit 21lectures.com. That's 21, the number is 21lectures.com. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Jack Mahlers. I know I sure did. Uh, and if you do enjoy it and you want to support us, please smash that subscribe button and, and rate and review if you have the time and you and you feel so compelled. Also, you can go to tftc.io slash contribute if you ever want to buy a shout out or throw some sets uh, to TFTC's way. Enjoy. What is up, freaks? It's your boy, Marty Bent, coming to you from a beautiful rooftop in Williamsburg. It's a great, sunny Saturday afternoon here, uh, sitting down with Jack Mahlers. Jack, welcome back to the podcast. Yo. Hey. Thanks, thanks for, for having me, man. Thanks for coming back. We're making like a, a bunch of basic white bitches and drinking rosé on the roof. <laughs> Got some LaCroix on ice as well. Very excited for this conversation. Repeat guests. So there's no need to go through your tale. What the hell's been going on, man? Um, a lot and nothing, <laughs> both life. Seems like a lot's going on. Yeah, yeah, a lot's always going on. Well, thank you for building the Zap app. Um, You're welcome. And making it, <laughs> making it uh, available on iPhones. I've been using it for the last week every day, and I've read about it. You saw it. Like mm -hmm. again, man. Props to you guys. Incredible fucking UX. It's uh, basically just scanned a QR code, had access to my node, was able. I was busy. Like I had to go do stuff for like the merch, like pick up stuff. I couldn't like be at my computer. So being able to on the go, open up channels, like request liquidity from people, like while I was on the subway, was freaking crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna take that compliment, thank you, and then pass it on to the community, dude. Seriously, <laughs> I mean, 
uh, Zach, or excuse me, Zap crossed a thousand Slack members recently, and it really is community driven. If I show you my first sketch of the iPhone app and then what you use, not the same. <laughs> and that's uh, thanks to the community. It's a really cool project and cool uh, to see everyone kind of unite and, and do it together. Really cool. But I'm being honest there. Who's your UX head? I want to shake his hand. Yeah. Um, so I, the way it works is I have a sketchbook. It's actually my backpack right here. And I probably sketch a kajillion things on paper. And I share it publicly on the Zap Slack and on GitHub. And then there's a dude in Germany that I work with. His name is Ole. And uh, we turn those into actual s design screens and things that can be coded. And it goes through a super iterative public process of like peer review, but in design. And then someone ends up building it. And then we use it. And we're like, whoa, yo, that sucks. And then we change it. And it sucks again. And then eventually it doesn't suck so bad. So it sounds like I have to shake your hand here. We reached <laughs> across the table. Uh, no, it's crazy. You guys have simplified. It's three buttons. Uh, you got your wallet, uh, your history, and then your settings, which mm -hmm. allow you to manage your nodes and, and your wallets and whatever denomination you want to denominate your, your currency in. Yeah. Um, are you guys thinking simplicity first? Always? Absolutely. Yeah. I think Zap's principles and its mission has been pretty clear and hasn't changed and never will really. Um, like I think Zap stands for ushering in a new era of Bitcoin where Lightning enables a lot of new things and the relationship with the end user is going to mature a lot and we w want to test its boundaries and be a part of that. So absolutely, simplicity first um, and almost exaggerated and in, in seeing where the limits hit and where we get pushed back. Yeah, no, and it's... Uh so it seems like Zap's like a great base to do what you just alluded to, which was leverage Lightning to create cool use cases. It seems like you've been building some cool stuff. Yeah. Um, like beyond Zap, what is interesting you? What are you working on? And Well, so I guess from a bird's eye view, if I sat back with my family, we were like, yo, we should help Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin's been amazing to us. Probably the best thing that's happened to our family and um, how can we help? And one way was improving the relationship with the end consumer, increasing the velocity of the asset, efficient settlement, and doing this zap thing. And then the other was uh, the exchange and market space. Um, like my grandfather was the chairman of the Chicago Board of Trade. My dad has a really cool history in finance and in markets. And we see the exchange space and like the marketplace within Bitcoin is a little bit embarrassing, which isn't a bad thing, but... Yeah, we touched on this the first time you yeah. were in. So like <laughs> catching up with you, what was that? Was that in October? Yeah, yeah. So it's been what, six months almost? Seven months? Yeah. Seven months, shit. Even longer, yeah. Uh, it seems like a lot has been happening. Yeah. Since now and then. What, uh, so you, that's like, what, what are you building infrastructurally? Sure. Well, so I'm speaking here at the Magical Crypto Carnivore, Car Carnival, whatever that is, uh, <laughs> um, about the unsolved problem of Bitcoin derivatives. So I think to me, that was the lowest hanging fruit was, um, the derivatives market as an other asset classes, the derivatives market either mirrors the spot or carries higher volume and higher value than the spot. And in Bitcoin, that's not the case, as we have like a ton of spot exchanges with terrible order execution, and no one's really tackled derivatives and professional risk transfer. And so to me, that was like, I remember, like I FaceTime my parents like every day, and I remember telling them like, yeah, like Zap is cool, but like, I think I'm going to try and solve Bitcoin's derivative problem. <laughs> <laughs> 
and they're Brooks like oh like sweetie that's adorable and like it turns out it's really hard and I found out a a lot of cool shit but uh it's hard but yeah you think that'd be a pretty easy problem to solve (laughs) I thought so but that's because I'm dumb (laughs) (laughs) uh so am I what are the hardest problems like what's uh what are the hurdles that you run into yeah well um the derivatives market more or less doesn't really exist so right now, if we look at derivatives in Bitcoin, you have your traditional spot future, like the CME future, OKX, these. And then you have this thing that is the perpetual swap, which is BitMEX, right? Um, when you look at why the perpetual swap is successful, is that it is a Bitcoin spot project, uh, product, right? So you're allowed to speculate on Bitcoin and trade Bitcoin without a bank account. And that's what it accomplishes. Uh, through ways of like just the specification of the product, like through its funding rates uh, and its rollover time of eight hours, it's actually intended to be treated and traded like a spot product. It's not supposed to be traded like a derivative, but its arbitrage and success comes from basically arbing this friction with banks. And you basically get to speculate and trade with leverage, but you don't need a bank account. And that is where the success derives from. But if you look traditionally at derivatives and their intention, at least in Chicago, is for risk transfers. It's the corn farmer, right? The corn Mm -hmm. farmer is inherently long. And the corn farmer doesn't want to be so exposed to an asset. The corn farmer actually is good at farming. And it's not good. He's not good at trading, right? So there's this derivatives market to transfer that risk and to allow a market maker to take that risk on and dissolve of it elsewhere and charge a premium. And who is our corn farmer in Bitcoin? Where is the risk transfer, the liquidity, the flow within our asset class? Because what BitMEX is is done has been wildly successful and it's great but it's just garnered garnered like a bunch of retail speculative flow through essentially arbing and routing around charging premium for the banking troubles that are in the asset class but we don't have this risk trip excuse me risk transfer like aspect does that make sense so trying to tackle that problem and like really understand what are the part like what's the landscape look like in bitcoin who's our corn farmer where's the flow who mints the asset who holds the asset Where's that asset? How's that asset reach market? And who's taking on risk? Like, you know, who's not hodling? Who has actual real economics that are baked into BTC? And which will help us, it'll help the market be more efficient. It'll help us accurately price this thing. Like, we don't have a credit market. We don't have forward pricing. But someone is creating this thing. Someone's economics are based on the asset. And we need to learn more about that, transfer their risk de-risk them a little bit and um yeah so that derivative market if i look at the next decade of bitcoin it's going to exist someone's going to solve these problems but no one had the balls to like take a look (laughs) and so i was like yeah well i'm gonna take a look like let's figure it out who do you think uh who most aligns with like the farmer in that analogy would it be merchants uh miners 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so this is uh a knowledge bomb that I love to drop when I talk about this stuff. So you own Bitcoin, right? You I'll own never sats. admit that. I'll never admit that. <laughs> sure. Um, but someone in the United States who buys Bitcoin with a dollar, they're taking a long Bitcoin position against a dollar. But for the sake of uh, my story here, they're short the dollar against Bitcoin, right? That's the trade they're putting on. Now, A miner, I want you to finish this bottle of (laughs) rosé and sit with yourself after this and think, why would a miner mine instead of buy? Because that's such a simple trade, to be short the dollar against Bitcoin. Now, a miner is not that. A miner is short fiat against Bitcoin, but on a much longer time frame. 
on a shorter time frame, when they plug in their machine, they're actually short difficulty against Bitcoin, oh, right? Whoa, yeah. And then they also have like an option call that has an expiry in a way of their hardware because hardware ends up worthless over a given period of time and hardware is always improving. So you have this weird hardware exposure with an expiry attached to it. You're naturally short difficulty against Bitcoin, which by the way is not a good trade, right? Difficulty is always going up. And then over a longer time frame, you actually have this long bias to the asset against your f native fiat currency. And so that trade, so that is a trade that a miner is putting on as opposed to the trade I am, which is I'm short the dollar against Bitcoin. So that is not a position that you can just hodl. It's, very, it's a very complicated trade and it's very much not simple. Um, so that I think needs to be dissected. Like actually understanding the risk that these miners are taking on, how to de-risk them, what derivative products can, can, that's our corn farmer, right? They have natural biases to the market and really complex trades they're putting on where they're not speculators. They don't know what a call and a put is. And so how can we build financial products around them and their risk and their exposure to de-risk them a bit? And it'll make this market healthy and we can actually maybe more accurately price the asset because these are the only market participants that are pure, authentic, organic, and have economics that are based on Bitcoin. Everyone else doesn't. Freaks, I don't know if you can see the passion through the audio, but... Jack, that was an impassioned rant right there. <laughs> and this is actually an incredible conversation to have today because I just talked to Slushpool yesterday. We were nice. talking about this, like futures markets for chips. And yeah. when ASIC commodification comes a thing, like, and they were talking about like, Slushpool has this like grand vision, not grand vision, but grand dream that one day like the mining coalition can come together and like buy a foundry and like split up risk that way. And right. like maybe the first step is like a derivatives markets that helps them uh, de-risk their, 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 portfolios right now they're basically long bias long only bias and they're waiting for for hedge uh yeah. products right yeah so when you look at okay so um back to like my zap roots well let's be very practical very simple and what's the lowest hanging fruit and how we can best help like let not get too complicated right so the lowest hanging fruit is actually this difficulty component um being long Bitcoin on a long enough bias is actually fairly trivial to hedge, especially with the CME product. But what's not trivial to hedge is if Bitcoin were to stay at a flat price, let's say it trades at $10,000 for the next decade. If you take in account the halvings, right? And then you also take in account the difficulty for better or worse will always go up. And even if that doesn't mean like, interest in the asset if it simply means just innovation in hardware like we can see on the hash rate chart gpu or cpu mining turned to gpu mining turned to asic mining and there's just general innovation in hardware around the world and so if i am a miner in usd btc price stays flat i'm still have this crazy exposure to difficulty mm -hmm. and it's a, a huge problem and you can look at the hash rate and see like a lot of them um, miners are essentially like trading on margin basically like you can watch the hash rate and see like when we broke through 6000 like everyone got margin called right more or less and and that goes to show that there's no hedging tools there and like how can we my first order of business is how can we hedge difficulty how can i have a market maker or build a market that can take on and be permanently like these miners want to de-risk by being long a difficulty future and who can professionally be short difficulty? And who can absorb of that risk? Because at the end of the day, <laughs> these derivatives of a risk transfer, so when the corn farmer transfers risk to the market maker, 
the market maker now has the risk, right? Well, someone has to dissolve of the risk. It's good that the corn farmer doesn't have to, but the market maker has to, or else this market will die. So not only can we allow this risk transfer, but how do we dissolve of it? Like, where are the hedges? Mm-hmm. And how, we need to do like a lot of quantitative analysis on the correlation between the spot price and difficulty, where they meet, where they don't, how we can de-risk and hedge that. But if we can accomplish this, the market itself and the mining industry is going to be extremely healthy. I remember saying to you, like, I think Bitcoin derivatives is going to decentralize mining. And mm-hmm. you were like, oh, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> and this is what I was hinting at, though, is like a healthy derivatives market will take the risk off of those who are taking it head on, like getting absolutely wiped by it. And if so, then like there's much more incentive to bring hash rate onto the network if I can manage my risk portfolio that way. Um, right now, mining is is more or less a gamble, uh, and geographically distributed, we can see like the eastern side of the world is taking this gamble on. But if we can de-risk it and make it more of a business, a hardware business, which it really is, uh, I think it'll be healthy even for just Bitcoin in general. So, no, I agree. I agree. I think I agreed <laughs> with you. I think I might have disagreed with you on something else. Uh, no, but it's crazy thinking about all the variables that would go into like trying to pin price to hash rate right because you have miners buying equipment at different time uh turning them off like finding energy contracts at different different points of time uh like it's not easy to buy miners and find the commensurate amount of energy that those miners can be plugged into so there's so many variables to take into consideration um and then on top of that like we're thinking like corn farmers brings me back to working for the managed futures fund like i had to watch weather reports like and it's like corn farmers like there was a huge oh, we'll go we'll talk about wheat in particular like kansas wheat there's like a huge rain uh storm in like the the plains and it kills like a crop like it, it affects price that way so like a, a like a market condition or excuse me a market uh uh what would that be called uh an event like a rainstorm in Bitcoin, it could be something like Bitmain fucking up their wafers and something yeah, like that. Yeah, y- you're exactly right. Like weather is priced into corn. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. through derivatives, through yes. futures, right? A lot of our industry, like hardware runs by Bitmain, difficulty, energy costs in China, like they're not priced in. They can't be. Um, these miners wear that risk right in between their eyeballs <laughs> it's fucking brutal it's good when it's good and boy is it bad and you can get wiped out um so yeah i mean basically what i've been trying to do is fir- first and foremost um the technology in the exchange land is poor like as far as performance goes like if you look at capital market performance and then like execution at bitmex or like can't get your order through so first was we call ourselves the CBE group, the Chicago Bitcoin Exchange Group. Love it. <laughs> and first order of business was building some exchange infrastructure where however we get this thing to market, we also want to have really efficient and fast order execution, bus engine, match- matching engine, all of that stuff. It would be almost irresponsible for me to deliver a crazy good product to the market and not deliver the tech that can execute on it mm-hmm. um right i don't want a miner trying to get their hedge off and like in the exchange being like sorry bro not today <laughs> not today yeah and then the second <laughs> order of business is actually building this market um so there is no one that's naturally short difficulty actually that's a horrible trade so <laughs> how do we de-risk that like what type of energy hedges what type of hardware hedges how can i de-risk and dissolve myself of being short difficulty and where are those market makers so i've talked to everyone between the SIBO, susquehanna citadel like a lot of these large players that 
they want to get into Bitcoin, but there isn't organic and natural flow, which I can explain if you want. But uh, to to them, this is extremely interesting because you have an economic player who doesn't have a bias and they have a hedge to get off. They're willing to pay a premium. And this is like every other market to them. And this is the type of maturity that I think we'll see in the Bitcoin market is more complex products that capture more complex and larger flow. And then you'll start to see Citadel have a Bitcoin desk. You'll see Susquehanna trading. Um, right now, they can't. And so having these conversations for me, uh, we're starting to execute some of these notes OTC, try and build this market up from the ground, um, get a structured note together with the miner, get a structured note together with the market maker, build this up, and then hopefully I would love to see it listed on the CBO or something one day. But one step at a time. <laughs> one step at a time. We got big dreams. One step at a time. Too big. What's it like educating these uh, these uh, incumbent uh, financial institutions? Yeah, well, there's an education process on both sides. I look at myself as like a professional arbitrager of education. Really, <laughs> like I, I like really that. am I like, like not the brightest dude at all. But uh, I just am like arbing education everywhere. Um, so for the institutions that I spoke on, um, they have lack of interest to. First of all, everyone's interested in Bitcoin as a phenomenon, right? Like just socially and what it's done to the world and what it's introduced just as like a vehicle to educate people on what money is and what you think money is. Like it's in the eye of the beholder more or less. So everyone's interested from that lens. But from a business lens, there's no flow for these people to trade against really. The only flow that exists is the BitMEX perpetual swap retail flow. And that's why you see so much volume there, actually, is because there's dumb money trading. No shark. We don't want a shark pool, is what they call it. You don't want a shark swimming with another shark. The shark wants to swim with the little fish. And Citadel, these guys can't find the little fish. Like, when you go on GDAX, the only other market maker in flow on there is Donnie Wilson at DRW, right? Mm -hmm. And so, to them, they're like, oh, my God, this is fascinating. This minor flow is is incredible but uh what the fuck is difficulty <laughs> it was it was actually really funny so, so some of the products that i'm designing is like we're actually going to settle the derivative in in blocks not time and and we there's a variety of reasons to do that yeah, i was talking to uh juthika chow from ledger x about this expiry dates based on block yeah height. yeah there's a lot of reasons to do that i won't go into it right now or we could i guess but my point was going to be uh there's a dude who i work with he basically created and ran uh, options digital trading at Bank of America. Like he was at NYSE, ISC, like crazy capital markets background. And I'm teaching him this stuff and he's relaying it to the Citadels and we're on a call and he's explaining, you know, this is this contract. It's actually going to settle in blocks and he's rambling a little bit. And then he goes, hold on a second, everyone, let's pause. First, let's define time. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And it's these capital market suits that are just mind fucked by this shit. They're like, wait a second. You're not settling. And there, there's no like four Eastern like settlement. I have said it on this podcast before. Bitcoin block height is going to replace the Gregorian calendar at some point in our lifetime. I'm bullish on that thought. <laughs> but it's it's crazy. He was like, well, hold on a second. Everyone on the call, let's define time. And also this difficulty thing. And when they explain it, they realize really the genius of Satoshi is baked in. Difficulty is one of the things, right? I the think difficulty is the most important yeah, aspect of it. Yeah, proof of work and difficulty. And, and when they actually wrap their head around it, not only are they interested in de-risking the miners, but they're also interested in now owning the thing. They're like, by golly, this thing, not only do you see the inflation rate 
slowly decrease and work its way to zero and the supply slowly flatten out at 21 million on these graphs but you can see that it's a computer program you can visually see that it just steps and ladders its way down as it's clearly an executable program and they're like oh my god like there is a computer out there dictating the monetary policy of an asset that is defiably scarce like get the fuck out of town and then they're like my goodness i would love to have miners pay premium and make a market there now that is real flow that's a real trade i don't want to trade on gdax with any other shark and i also like this is what they tell me. They're like, I don't fucking huddle, bro. Like, we don't sustain bear markets. Like, we're market makers. Like, we make billions of dollars a year. We are not, like, libertarian, like, hop skipping in a circle. I, I trade against flow. I'm like, okay, calm down. I get it. <laughs> and, and But through these conversations, they get it. They understand Bitcoin. And so it's been cool. It's been really a pleasure to sit in these rooms and talk with these people. It's crazy. It's taken this long to, like, come around to it, right? Because it is that, like, that revolution, like that revolutionary aha moment that you just described happened for us obviously years ago it's nice to right. see people coming around and maybe it's being reflected in price uh yeah well i think like there's clear correlation between the market participants and the general ma maturity of the market itself like we have spot products and then we've got a spot future not too interesting um and especially considering who's trading these products and where the flow is going like if you look at i ask miners um, you know, where, how are you guys de-risking? Like, are you selling puts? Like, what's the word? And they're like, dude, I don't even know what a put is. Like, all of our flow exists OTC. And so, to that, that's a really immature market. You can see by us hitting 20K and 3K within, like, 18 months. That's a reflection of that. It's not an efficient market. And so, yeah, there's a correlation between who wants to participate in that fucking carnival, right? And But as it matures and people come to understand in some of these more mature products in the exchange space are going to be developed then yeah the herd will come there's no doubt about it there's money to be made you know yeah and it's sorry if the uh the sirens in the background are being picked up on the mics right now freaks that's uh new york city for you uh no but it's it seems like something is happening in this bear market in particular or like peop more people, more prominent people are having more aha moments. Like, oh, this is here to stay. I've been saying it's because Bitcoin officially passed the decade mile marker. And that's like just huge psychologi ugh, psychologically being able to just say, yeah, it's been around for a fucking decade. Like, try to tell me it's not going to be around like much longer. Uh, and then on top of that, like the brand awareness. Like Andrew Torba and I just had a conversation earlier this morning. And you say he can go to his grandmother and be like, Bitcoin. She'd be like, yeah, I, I know what that is. I've, I've heard about it. You go up to her and be like, Tron. She's like, the movie? Like, Yeah. It's, so the brand awareness is there. Um, it feels like the institutions are coming. Like, This is the most bullish I've ever been about on Bitcoin in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for my friends that know me, I've been grossly bullish like ever since i was 18 so well you have one sitting next to you that yes. you convinced to uh to come work with you he can speak he can speak to that like almost obnoxiously bullish uh like sometimes they have to like hit me in the head of like yo dude calm down <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah dude i agree with you uh everything you said makes a lot of sense the truth is like don't really know but uh yeah a decade of existing just the general like uh, profiles of people that are in Bitcoin like you did what you made what percent like I mean these things matter to these people um, 
So yeah. Well, then you have like the Brad Shermans of the world coming out and trying to ban it, and literally becoming the best shill that Bitcoin has had in a while by describing how the U.S. dollar is weaponized against the rest I of the world. I was just gonna say that. Like, <laughs> wait, what? You want to ban Bitcoin because it's such a threat to the dollar? Nice. Yeah. Nice. And then he was like, "Yeah, the dollar like <laughs> lets us make sure that everybody has to buy their their oil with the dollar and convert to it. Like, it's a strength. It's like, yeah. It's just like you're just enticing." people that do not use the u.s dollar to be like wait a second why does it work yeah. this way and i don't know brad um so i'm not gonna feel bad but like it is almost as if he put on a costume it was like he couldn't have looked better the part oh my gosh <laughs> like landing strip into the <laughs> mic and it just looks like a goalpost of his bald head and he's like like bitcoin is threatening and like i love it i love it it's perfect brad uh if you're listening you can come talk on the pod. Let's let's, yeah. let's hash it out. Yeah. Pun intended. Um, sorry about the sirens there, freaks. I don't know if I picked it up. Um, we'll see. I was up here with Parker Lewis a few weeks ago. Nice. And it was really windy, but the mics didn't pick that up. I'm hoping they don't pick up these sirens. But if they do, it's a nice little background ambiance. Um, what else is going on? What's going on with Lightning? Lightning, it's... What's I'm not, that? I'm not going to lie. Uh, I have used it more in the last week than I did... Uh, the first 16 months of its existence? Or was it? It was, what is it, like 18 months old? Depends. Are you going off the birth of the white paper? or LND mainnet was, I think, March of last year. So yeah. you can say that. Okay. Yeah, so... A little over 12. Yeah. A little over 12 months. I've been using it the most this last week over those uh, 12 months. And that's because of your app. Like. Yeah. Well, because of your website. Like, your website's cool. We should show that. Yeah, TFTC.io. Yeah, TFTC's killing it. Thank you, Your dog. brand is dope. Well-deserved. I've been a fan forever. Your website's cool. Congrats. Well, and it's powered by, uh, by Bitcoin. Yeah. And uh, BTC Pay Server. Shout out Nicholas Doria. TFTC.io. Go check it out, freaks. Mm-hmm. But, like, it feel, like doing this, I, I view myself as somebody who's, like, not too technically competent. That's why I have Matt O'Dell to come on and, like, handhold me through some of the technical aspects of nice. some of this stuff uh, for Rabbit Hole Recap. And then... Uh, but this was like the first time I feel really comfortable, like using the lightning network. Uh, just, I have a node running, I've hooked it up to zap and creating channels, checking invoices, creating invoices, sending lightning. Uh, you can see it as somebody who I consider myself a dumb user. Like it, it feels like it's becoming easier. So from an infrastructure standpoint and a UX standpoint, like where do you think lightning is compared to your expectations when we met in October? Yeah. Well, uh, Lightning's always exceeded my expectations, dude. Really crazy. The amount of people involved and the amount of resources and passion behind this project is, I mean, no one could have predicted this, right? No way. Um, so, yeah, farly, far exceeded my expectations. I think everyone in Lightning will tell you that there's more, much more work to do than there has been work done. But that's okay, and that'll probably be that way for a really long time. Um, but, I mean, come on, like, how far we are as a community a lot of that goes to the protocol devs a lot of that goes to just users and feedback and the community itself for supporting us like the support zap has i'm humbled by it all the time i can't believe it uh just i was at the conference just now and someone walked up to me with zap on their phone i was like get out of town you guys actually use it wow that's cool <laughs> so yeah it, it's amazing it's amazing no and it's uh well, that's what I wanted to. That's what I was alluding to earlier was the FinCEN report that dropped last week. Sure. Um, so you were talking about getting a money uh, transmitter license. Does every Lightning node 
operator need to do that? No, no. Okay. Or what are we quoting Ryan Charles right now? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude. No. Um, yeah, I think actually the FinCEN stuff was more or less Is bullish. Um, yeah, the fact that Lightning is something they're aware of. Uh, I mean, generally speaking, regulatory, at least in the United States, I can speak to, is has been a little tough, right? Like, Backed can't launch, Aris Access had a tough time, and that's largely because of the CFTC regulations and this idea of being a custodian um, and what that means in Bitcoin and how you actually successfully become a custodian. We just now watch Binance get hacked, right? Um, so I think them understanding Lightning, uh, giving it the time of day, and then the fact that Lightning introduces this almost like self physical self-clearing aspect where in a beautiful world enabled by Lightning, there is no custodian. Um, you actually transfer that custodial risk onto the end user um, and there's no one holding anyone else's keys. Um, and this self-clearing idea in like traditional markets, like self-clearing, like get out of town. You serious? Like clearing houses have made a ton of money brokering like this idea of clearing um, and just like settlement in general you look at like inner exchange linkage and what other assets have done in other markets to improve the efficiency in settlement and that we get this on a decentralized basis for essentially free when you talk about fees and the speed at which we can physically settle so i think a lot of the fin stuff fincen stuff is good a lot of the stuff cf uh the cftc is worried about lightning is going to become a priority for a lot of these things like what if backed was using Lightning to physically settle their derivatives, like with their traders, like through Wumbo channels or something. I'm speaking ambitiously, but those type of things, I think regulators are aware of Lightning. They like Lightning because it lessens the responsibility of a custodian. So I think that FinCEN report was really cool that they actually wrote Lightning on paper and gave it the time of day. Well, the the report that I'm talking about talked about like dApps in particular as well. Um, but yeah, it was, it was all about like money. It was like defining money transfers. Yeah. Uh, and there was a lot of Dex stuff in there. Yeah. Ah, can't get it all right. It's okay. Vincent. Do you think Dex is uh will become a thing? I don't man. Well, actually, can you define Dex for me? Cause it's become a bit of a smart contract type buzzword to me. Yeah. I, I cannot. Yeah. I can't either. I think the general idea of having execution order execution live in a peer-to-peer network will not be successful um like order execution is like the main value prop of an exchange is one aggregating the book and providing this liquidity source and then two uh efficient order execution so if you are telling me through like a p2p like way i'm going to be executing orders through like some atomic swap or something like i don't see it i really don't um but maybe like people's version of a DEX or why they find it important is like removing the custodian. Maybe that's possible in years to come with like lightning enabled wallets and institutional lightning services that allow people to have a lightning wallet where they're self custodying. And then they, in this, in one click of a button, they send deposit and execute a trade all in like one full swoop. Right? Like I think that if that's people's version of a DEX, I think that I'm very bullish on that, but yeah, and the whole, especially a DEX that's run on POW, like the miners being able to see the transactions that are looking to trade seems, uh, seems yeah, like it'd be Yeah, I just don't, I don't think like removing, the, like the DEX, all DEX's theories, at least like DEX maximalist, if there's such a thing, like their theory is that like they're removing exchanges from what they're actually good at, which is aggregating book and order execution, you know? 
So I don't think that's necessary. I think exchanges serve a really cool function. The custody aspect of the asset, ha there's a lot of work to do there. I think Lightning will be really beneficial, Liquid maybe, right? Things like this. But um, I think exchanges will live on forever uh, and serve the purpose that they're really meant to be good at, in my opinion. Yeah. I could be wrong, though. Their like, purpose could be, I'm an idiot. Their purpose could be temporary, right? Like, uh, ideally, we've been talking about like the closed-loop system, eventually, that we'd like Bitcoin to get to. Like, Maybe exchanges are only temporary until uh, the collective consciousness is, is okay with using Bitcoin as money. Right? Yeah, so you're like... if there's a bitcoin standard type yes, of thing yeah. and, and there is no nothing to trade into uh i mean there will be other things to trade into but currencies probably sure yeah um yeah like in a hyper bitcoinization world does an exchange really matter well like there will still be a derivatives market that's really liquid i would assume right mm -hmm. like the things we were talking about earlier but yeah you're right but people will know. be getting paid in bitcoin right they won't necessarily be going to buy it to acquire it yeah It'd be more uh, work for Bitcoin type world at that point. That'd be sick. That would be dope. That would be dope. And <laughs> it's like, where do I want to go down? Um, it's like building this website. Like you can see the dream happen. Like if I was able to buy merch and buy stamps and and do everything on Bitcoin, like I probably could easily do it. Um, yeah. Like BTC Pay Server makes it so easy. Like BTC Pay Server. The only reason I use Shopify is because uh, BTC Pay Server hasn't figured out like shipping, like how to take shipping information like in an invoice. So I had to use Shopify just for that functionality. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's close to being like closed loop if you want to be. Like, and you're talking, you deal with weed merchants. Like, do they, th like, do you think they're more uh, driven to the to the closed loop Bitcoin because they have to be? Yeah. Well, my family has uh, officially become part of the weed industry. Uh, Boss. We have a weed mining farm. Boss. <laughs> weed miners, the bitmain <laughs> of weed in Boulder. <laughs> Boss. Um, yeah, it's cool. But uh, yeah, you're right. So uh, we don't have bank account. That's shitty. Like it's legal in the state level, illegal on the federal level. Um, so how do you take payments? Like we have a security budget for like people to make sure that no one walks in with a gun and like takes the six figures in cash that's just constantly there, right? Like, sheesh. So yeah, like the dream of walking into a dispensary, buying Bitcoin over Lightning, getting it delivered to you instantly, then being able to spend it instantly, and then being able to then on the back end get some cash back out. Like Lightning should, in theory, collapse the vertical stack of the Bitcoin economy and really tighten these economic loops um, in theory. So yeah, I think like the weed industry is is mad buzz about Bitcoin. Um, it's a way to physically settle an asset that they can use for payments. That's that's really big deal. Do you want to jump? Because we chat about this a little bit before we hit record. Do you want to <laughs> jump into it or are we going to um, keep it at bay? What I, let's just say like I have some really cool announcements coming. Um, and if you're bright enough, you may be able to connect the dots. Not that if you don't connect the dots, you're not dumb. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We're working on some cool stuff. Um, be on the lookout. I'll tweet about it. I'm sure I'll write a medium article. Say starts with yo or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, soon come, soon come. What um been a good any good shows lately? Um, well, I was talking about it with my buddy sitting next to me on the Uber ride here. Where I don't watch, what is it, Game of Thrones? I don't watch it. What is it, Game of Thrones? Yeah. 
<laughs> my girlfriend gets like visibly upset when the show comes on and I like open my laptop and like start coding or something. She's like shaking, like what is wrong with you? So yeah, um, I watch like American Vandal. And now, now we're gonna get into like embarrassing territory for me. American Vandal. But oh yeah. <laughs> I think that that's dude is cool. drawing dicks on people's cars. Yeah, the turd burglar. The turd burglar. Yeah, I love. Uh, Caught him. What's his What's his uh, What's his YouTube channel? Jimmy um, Jimmy something. Jimmy T- D- Jimmy Tatro. Who are we talking about? The the actor in uh, American oh, he has Vandal. A YouTube channel. Yeah, well, that's what like, how he started his YouTube channel. It was uh, pretty hilarious back in the day. Damn, I did not know that. Uh, yeah, I've I've been on like a lot of flights. So American Vandal, I was just pounding out, like, who is the turd burglar? <laughs> who is shitting on these kids while they're in high school? <laughs> and I was like, wow. When we found the turd burglar, mine was blown. I recommend it. But, yeah, now we're getting in, like, embarrassing, like, Jack is a quirky kid, like, dangerous territory. Well, this is a podcast for freaks. So yeah, that's okay. This is okay. We can, we can bring it back to lightning. <laughs> no, we can go wherever, man. Uh, I'm one and a half rosé glasses deep. <laughs> <laughs> we, I'm like sweating right now. I feel bad if I can see. Yeah, I'm probably. Sweating you can take your too. shirt off. Get some. Get some. Uh, get some sun. I got some suntan lotion downstairs. <laughs> need to get it. Uh, it's a beautiful day. It's the most beautiful day of the year. I think yeah, so far. Yeah, this is cool. Cool time to be in New York. I love recording outside. It's the second uh, recording outside, and it's it's pleasant. Nice. It's uh, you don't get to do this too often. No. No. Um, what do you got planned? You're you're yeah. speaking tomorrow. at... Uh, Magical Crypto Conference. Are you excited yeah. for that? Uh, I am. I'm going to be talking about the derivative stuff. There's a yeah. lightning panel. I've lived most of my life on the internet, so it's really cool to like meet people in real life. That's cool. That's the best part. That's yeah. what I was like talking about with Andrew today too. It was like, especially with after the conversation with him, it helped me realize that there's like different. I don't want to say communities, but like different sects of people on separate missions but they're very similar so like the free speech mission that he's on with gab and like bitcoin is on that similar mission with like free value transfer and right. free access to, to money yeah and these mission driven i like to call mission driven communities it's like awesome to be a part of them because like you just said like you meet up with these people that you've only ever conversed with in dms on twitter or yeah. not even in dms like only you could play like 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 games like you only communicate via liking tweets and shit like that and then you meet in person it's like holy shit yeah it's uh really easy to one hit it off and then two like sort of start talking about how we're going to change the world there's like a revolutionary feeling when you meet yeah. these people there's like well for people that come to conferences like this there's almost an intimately like identifiable relatable thing that we all have in common right like bitcoin still to this day is a super quirky thing there's a lot involved to becoming like more or less a professional Bitcoiner where you're at like a cartoon conference, like talking to people, right? <laughs> like there's a lot that goes into that, but I relate to everyone about that. Like, yeah, you thought Bitcoin was cool enough when everyone didn't. Like you definitely got like looked at weird at Thanksgiving, like, you know, all all the things. Like last Thanksgiving, last Thanksgiving was the worst one to date. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. And so like even just that simple like, that's a really cool bond that everyone here has. So it's just cool to like just see people, give them a hug. Like, yeah, we're in this together. Like I didn't know there's actually a human being on the other side of those screens that I'm talking to all day online. <laughs> like, they exist. Yeah. They're not a bot. They're not yeah, a Russian yeah. bot. It's uh that's no, crazy. And then um what was I gonna say? Forgetful a couple couple glasses of rose deep. Yeah, that's okay. 
Uh, oh, Craig Wright. Like, what are we? Uh, oh, are we? Yeah, I'm down. What do you What do you think about uh, Fake Toshi finally getting taken down by Jameson Lop? Um, I don't know. Is there much color to like? Is this the end of the saga? Do you think? <laughs> Fuck if I know. If we allow it to be, right? That's my biggest point. Like, right. stop talking about it. Like, yeah. Um, I don't know, dude. Who cares, really? I don't. I'm sorry for bringing him up. No, you're good. I, this is a message to like the general public. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, there's just no way of all the things that we have to be working on as Bitcoiners. Like, just who cares? I don't know. I hope it is. Like, the guy's clearly a douchebag and a loser, and he like is harmful to people, and like that's not cool. So I hope it's the last of it. But I don't know. What's that like? The market can last more irrational than you can be solvent or something right like Keynes, the market uh the market can remain irrational far longer than you can remain solvent right yeah so same thing with like logic like people can give an idiot more light and time of the day dude he's just playing an idiot to destroy his credibility so people (laughs) don't actually believe it's satoshi man yeah i don't know (laughs) who knows there's a lot of that like even like the B cash, like Peter, how do you pronounce the last name? Ruzin or whatever? Ruzin? 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 Yeah. I don't know. Ruzin? People are really upset that he was on a podcast with my good friend Peter McCormack. Mm-hmm. Um, like, who cares, dude? I don't know. Right? Like, sweet. You're long B cash. Must be fun. That's actually like an interesting like peak into like, we're talking about like decade and institutions coming, like a hyper Bitcoinization potentially. Like, if it does happen. It's going to be funny, like, this is such a small community right now. Like, imagine it's not yeah. It's going to be. It's not even going to be a community. It's going to be everybody's using Bitcoin and a lot of the quote-unquote, like, dot leaders in the space are just going to, like, sort of dissolve into the background because there's going to be so many people sure. talking about this stuff. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. Just, like, there's just so much, so much to do, so little time to care about Craig Wright. <laughs> that's what i'll say well speaking about doing one thing i'm excited about on lightning is uh this is what i wanted to get into earlier is the uh loop and mm-hmm. bolt is that the other project working on this like the atomic swaps for liquidity on opposite spark swap spark swap yeah. yes that's what it is um so this is something that like fascinates me but i like don't understand completely mm-hmm. uh so basically the concept is if you have uh, a lack of liquidity on one end of your channel, you can easily atomic swap in and out uh, yeah. on the main chain to to provide liquidity to that side of the channel. Yeah, so much word salad, you can almost fill yourself <laughs> for dinner. Right. But uh, yeah, so the loop stuff is, is dubbed submarine swap. Mm-hmm. That's by Lightning Labs. Every time they come up, I compliment them. I love them. Zap builds on top of their stuff. They're great. Um, and so the idea there is essentially um, in an trustless way swapping yourself between on-chain and off-chain um and it's really cool and fascinating and and what that can result in is rebalancing channels um even some more ambitious use cases that i think we'll see zap may provide some uh in the future but well, i'm pulling up your zap wallet i am well i'm pulling up my channels because like i can see i love the visualization of the channel so like if you're yeah. looking at the zap wallet um you can see how much you can send which is in orange and how much you can receive which is in blue mm-hmm. and i can easily manage like looking at my channel just like clicking this and being like do you want to loop some over yeah so i have side? this like vision of 
like the channel management, whatever, going in an editable state where you could just like drag it. Like that's how much oh, liquidity. Oh, like, that'd, that'd be would sick. Be awesome. That'd be cool. Whoa, talk yeah. about UX. Yeah, that'd be nice, and it's entirely possible. Like the unfortunate thing is, there's so much to do, and in reality, with Zap, there's just like a few of us like on Slack all day, like trying to get it done. So yeah, in th- in theory, like we get that done. Uh, hopefully, it's on the priority list somewhere. What do you guys need? Uh, people like what, what kind of people? What kind of devs in particular? Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, our desktop app, which is by far our most popular app, is you said it has over ten thousand users. Right? Dude, we cross nine hundred thousand asset downloads, which is a GitHub metric, more or less combination of active users and new users. But still, like that's a really big number. Like what the Getting fuck? Close to a mil, baby. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll have to come back and have some rosé for that. Um. But yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll pop some bottles for that. We'll get some champagne for that yeah. one. Yeah, some Henny. Ooh, we could do a Henny. I got Chicago. some Henny downstairs. I got yeah. some Henny downstairs. Ooh, okay, I see you. Um, we'll have to get some Malort if we're talking Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyways. Um, yeah, that is an Electron app that's written in JavaScript. iOS is written in Swift. Um, obviously, l and is written in Golang, which is what we use. Um Android may or may not be coming. I know a lot of people. Yeah, there's a TFTC. Uh, a little hint. Yeah, there you go. A little scoop. Is that is that how you do it? Scoop. <laughs> <laughs> scoop. <laughs> I have a best friend at home whose nickname is Scoop. Really? Is, yeah. How so do you get? How do you or she acquire that? Uh, uh, so his original nickname is Fat Tony. Boss. So his, his nickname is, or his real name's Tony, and like you can. Envision where the fat came from. Well, he's a great dude. I'm not even making fun of him. He's going to laugh at this. Uh, and then Scoop, Fat Man Scoop is a DJ. Boss. In Chicago. Fat Man and he Scoop. looks like him. Where does he play? Is he playing at the Evil Olive? Is he playing know. at the Mid? Where is he playing? I don't know. Probably his basement. <laughs> <laughs> it was more <laughs> It was more that they look alike. I don't know what Fat Man, the real Fat Man Scoop is on. But whenever I see, like, what are the block writers, right? They're the ones that, like, all caps, like, SCOOP. Yeah, yeah. I, like, always screenshot and send it to my friends. Hilarious. Yeah, I think this might have been the first uh, live on-air scoop. Um, so credit credit TFTC. Yeah, I have a folder on my laptop that says, Sir, when Android, question mark. And it's, like, a, a screenshot of all the people that ask me. Um, and it's a crazy, the whole Zap Android thing is a crazy cool story that I plan to write and release a blog post about soon. Um, so... Wait on it. I got you. Can we, get a, can we get a forward to that story right now? Um, well, I, when is this coming out? In a few weeks, I think. In a few weeks? I've got a, I got a lot of backup um, in two or three weeks. Okay, so, so I'll give just like a tiny preview because I don't know if I can time this well enough. But I was in China. It was like 3 a.m. It's like my sleep schedule was just bonkers. It didn't like it didn't exist anywhere. Even if I was in the United States, it wouldn't have made sense. And uh, I got a DM from a random person that I'd never met, like, anonymous. They're just like, I've been working on Zap Android for the last three months, as if it was, like, Satoshi. And it's just, like, a huge shout-out to this community. It really is. Like, when I say it's community-driven, that's not marketing. Like, that's real life. And so, yeah, this thing kind of fell out of the clouds based on demand and based on people like really wanting it to exist and so it's almost there and it's a really really cool story of who this person is and why they did it and stuff and i'm write a blog post soon hopefully before this comes out we'll see though boss i can't wait to read it yeah no and that um that reminds me of something i wanted to touch on either when you're uh, earlier when you were talking about the exchanges that you're educating or the institutions that you're educating mm-hmm. and they're like holy crap 
the demand for these products is I think what makes Bitcoin inevitable, right? You have yeah. people going to these these market makers like, can you make these markets for us? And they're going to be like, are we going to be able to make money off of it? Yes. So yeah, yeah we're going to make it. And then like Android users, like I need to have this product and just being like, all right, I'm going to build it. Like, yeah. The that, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No. I was going to say the inevitability of Bitcoin like is driven by like demand because it provides like it obviously provides useful it provides utility for people obviously yeah um the like hidden commodity behind bitcoin that is fascinating is people there's like human beings behind it and like smoke a blunt and think about that like there's a ton of people that are behind this thing and everything that you see as bitcoin was created out of just like donation of time resources and a gravitational pull towards what this thing represents you know shout out uh dg uh who wrote the bitcoin's gravitational pull a couple yeah. of weeks ago it's like it does have this gravitational pull it's crazy man and it we're really ex- is we're experiencing it here in this goddamn city this week like i'm so yeah. lucky we were talking about this earlier like i'm not a huge conference guy conferences stress me out me too the aesthetic stresses me out the, the sweatiness the having to wear a lanyard it's just not my thing. <laughs> I don't like it at all. I always put my lanyard in my back pocket. Um, there. But there's a gravitational pull to the city right now. There's talent, people coming through just to talk about this fake internet money that Brad Stevens thinks we should ban. Um, so it's like... Yeah. Brad Stevens? The... Uh, Boston Brad Celtics Sherman. Head, Brad head Sherman. Coach? I can't speak for Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens um, just got smoked. Yeah. 4-1 to the Bucks. Yeah. Hot Schmitt. seat. Should have enjoyed your time at Butler. He should have stayed. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Sherman. I meant to say Brad Sherman. Brad yeah, Stevens may you. own Bitcoin. We don't know. There's would, rumors out yeah. there that uh, the Golden State Warriors getting paid on their table in, uh, in, in BTC. BTC. Wow, Steph. Steph has a Zap wallet. This is a <laughs> this is a test. This is a TFTC test to see uh, if there's any professional athletes listen to this uh, yeah. this podcast. If you are, listen if you're stacking sets. You know, don't be shy. Yeah. At Marty Ben at Jack Mollers. Um. Shit, I don't know what else. Uh, I we we set this up yesterday, so I don't even have like a, a bunch of questions to, like talk about. Let's just riff. Whatever, dude. I'm down. I mean, so your podcast, like, you're one of the people in the space that you're a friend. You know, we did this last time. You met my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Like, I got hammered in a Chicago bar with you. So yeah, like, I'm down Ooh, for whatever. Let's talk about Kingston Mines. That's okay. The bar. Well, I we might have to, to share the mic with so this guy sitting next to me. Name him. Stop just saying this sorry, guy. Sorry, sorry. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, his name's Dylan. He's a childhood best friend of mine. Helps me out with, like, life. And then also Zap. But, like, life, too. Dylan. Hand the mic to Dylan. How did he get you involved? Hey, what's up, everyone? How did he get you involved in Zap? Uh, He basically hit me up one day and was just like, uh, does your job suck? Do you hate the corporate nine to five? Like, come hang out with me. <laughs> and, uh... Reluctantly, no. I jumped in as <laughs> as soon as the offer came my way. So, well, you're telling me you had some experience on the Silk Road. Uh, I did have some experience <laughs> on the Silk Road. Uh, Mom, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, my my first experience with Bitcoin. Was you just checked it out. You didn't use it. <laughs> just just visual purposes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in college, a couple friends of mine were just experimenting with a bunch of stuff we were just reading all over the internet. And uh, stumbled upon Bitcoin in the Silk Road, and that was my first introduction to it. So, and like many people who discovered the Silk Road, you forgot about Bitcoin, then came back, and Jack annoyed you enough to 
to come work for him. He actually was like annoying me some like maybe a month after, and I was like, "Nah, man, I know what this is used for." <laughs> and uh, turns out the value prop was right in front of my face. I was just a bit too like young and immature to realize it. Right. That's the crazy thing. Like thinking back to when I was at the Paul, like learning about Bitcoin in Chicago. I like I when I think about Bitcoin, like when I was learning about, it, I think about Chicago, like hard because that's where I spent. I was in college, so I had plenty of time. And I spent countless nights staying up, like reading Bitcoin talk. Like I just, I have visions of me being in my uh, Lakeview apartment, like reading about Bitcoin and like being that high ass Bitcoin friend at 3am. Like you guys need to start paying attention to this. Like after the bars, like going to Los Trace, coming home with a burrito and be like, let's talk Bitcoin. All right. We're going to wind down the night. We're going to put on some, we're going to put on some foster the people talk about Bitcoin. Yeah. Like I always whenever I talk about my origins into Bitcoin, I have to shout out my dad, dude. Cause people are like, man, you got into Bitcoin at 18 and never looked back? Like, dude, you're smart. I'm like, no, dude, I'm not. Like, I have a cool ass dad. <laughs> my dad is the fucking Your dad, man. when you were like, yo, should I drop out of college? He's like, yeah, do it. You don't like it, get out of there. Yeah, I like was at St. John's, got in a fight with my roommates, went to the airport at 4 a.m., slept there with a bunch of homeless people, first flight back to Chicago, never went and got my stuff, and then my dad was like, yo, you're good. Check this Bitcoin shit out. <laughs> like, what a <laughs> what amazing guy. Amazing, amazing. So, yeah, I have, like, a crazy cheat code, but when I was, like, bothering Dylan about it, it wasn't because I was any forward thinkers. I'm, I'm just, like, my dad's son. <laughs> <laughs> my dad told me this is chill. I trust my dad. Let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his, like, background with markets and stuff, he saw it exactly for what it is so he's just a really bright dude yeah it seems like a a g willing to go from futures markets to bitcoin to the weed industry yeah a marijuana miner and a bitcoin hodler somebody who just seems to not give a fuck about what people think of them because this is these are bitcoin and marijuana in particular things that come with a big stigma yeah and things with great r&r too like at the end of the day he's a trader mm-hmm. i mean we make new highs and marijuana gets legalized at the federal level it's a good trade. Very good trade. Very yeah. good trade. It's becoming like you can't fucking walk down the street. I'm sure you guys smelled it coming off the uh the L today. Like you can't walk down the street in New York without people smoking a split for a pen. Or <laughs> Weed's tight. Weed's pretty tight, dude. Weed's <laughs> tight. Love weed. <laughs> no, but it is becoming like more normalized to the point where it's like, all right, it's not cool anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I smoked for the first time in my life when my parents actually acquired the business so i had no exposure to weed beforehand not i didn't have too aggressive of an opinion on it just like i never did it Mm. so i can't speak as an expert although it would be tight if i could i'll step in here um (laughs) 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 i didn't get it i didn't find pot until i was like 20 it was after my last concussion i didn't start smoking pot i was an athlete was like totally against pot until uh, my last concussion i've had six pretty severe concussions and the last one prompted me to uh to take a biology of the brain class at the paul my senior year or my so- my freshman year my that's sophomore cool. year that's me. a cool story yeah beginning of my sophomore year so i took that to sort of understand and while i was taking that class uh, the teacher for some reason was like really like into weed and cannabinoids in particular what i learned is like cannabinoids especially with dull cells my brain's got a lot of dull cells it helps them perform better than they would would have if uh, the cannabinoids were not there yeah it's something that, like, we were born, like, again, it's like, we were born into the system, we are just told, like, this is bad for you, and you're like, all right, it's bad for us, like, let's not question it at all, let's yeah. just, like, agree, and it's literally a plant that 
It's called weed for a reason because it grows like everywhere in the fucking world. Yeah, and I love just being a student of the game. Like now there's this CBD Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, CBD is the the blockchain, not Bitcoin Marty's of the world. Marty's reaching his arm it's across the, block- the table. It's the blockchain, Bro, not Bitcoin listen. of the weed world. Okay, um, <laughs> but yeah, dude. Like, I mean, people are buying CBD from us in Boulder, like healing rashes and stuff. Like, crazy cool things. Like, I love being a student of the game. Like, no shit. Like, why is this such a bad thing to people? Like, what's going? Like, what's the word? It yeah. seems helpful. And it's a much preferred, uh, much preferred night. Smoking a joint, watching a movie, then getting blackout drunk and waking up hungover. Yeah. So no, it's funny that we, I mean, this has been said many times on many podcasts and many conversations, but there's no stigma of getting blackout drunk. But if you smoke a joint, you're you're the devil. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a good drinker anyway. I'm like 5'8", 155, like a couple rosé glasses on <laughs> your pod, and I'm falling on my face. Well... You're somebody, how's your head feeling? Yeah, dude, I was going to make a joke <laughs> about my head, hopefully time it well. So, you know what's hilarious is, so first of all, my head's feeling okay. It was yeah. uh, this is good. a man named Mark outside the conference today, he walked up to me and he goes, hi, I want to say I love Zap, I love what you do, and I love your head, and I hope it is feeling okay. I was like, oh my God, man, like, can I have a hug? Like, what an amazing thing to say to me. Freaks, let's stop and pause here. I don't want to get too heavy, dude. We were close to losing you, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, we're going to get heavy, but that's yeah. okay. No, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. That's f- how, I mean, just as a Bitcoiner using your app and all that shit, like I can't imagine like what the world would have lost if we, if that had turned out a different way. Like we're uh, lucky to have you. That's what I, I'm trying to say. I don't know if like you're trying to give me a cry on your pod, but I'm yeah, crying. dude. Like the rose egg gets me a little emotional. I love it. I Thank you, man. I, it really means a lot. Yeah. Um, no, it's something I've I've thought about many times actually. Like, fuck, if we lost that kid, like, we may be worse off than we are now. That that's awesome, dude. Thank you. Yeah, I remember. Um, well, from that fall, I don't remember a lot, but what I do remember, I was in like my intensive care room, having a, obviously a, a little tough time, and uh, I remember someone handed me my phone and told me to open Twitter, and it was just an array of tweets and like people were mailing me gifts and stuff from the bitcoin community and i immediately cried immediately it was just like the most warmth family feeling i was like this is much bigger to me than like an investment you know or a hobby like these people care about me and like that is a scarce commodity within itself like that is so cool and i've never met a lot of them in person and there's a language that we speak fluently that i can't even define you know mm-hmm. but like th- at that moment i was like oh my gosh like what a cool thing i f- was the luckiest kid in the world in that moment uh, it was really so yeah i appreciate that man i appreciate everyone that has supported me it's really i mean i don't know if you can rewind time and i relive this again if i can relive it uh, as luckily and and had ha- be so humbled like Seriously. No. Well, thank you for pulling through. Uh, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> the doctors. I remember. So for those that don't know, I had multiple brain bleeds. Um, so it wasn't looking kosher. Actually, Dylan, who you just met, um, my girlfriend called him and he rushed to the hospital to my rescue, helped me out. Um, but checked my brain. 
on a scan wasn't looking good, wasn't looking good, and it was going to be third time's a charm. Like, if this wasn't looking good again, we're going to have to dig in there and do surgery. And it was on my birthday. And I remember being rolled in there like, man, if you guys can do me one favor, like, for my birthday, like, how's about, I think his name was, like, John or something. Like, how's about it, John? One time. <laughs> one and, time, uh, John. Yeah, one time the for the me, third please. One, they were like, yo, your, your brain's actually okay. Boss. So, yeah. I'm pumped to hear that. Thanks to the docs and to, uh, to the cement for not hitting me too hard close enough but like not too hard so yeah yeah now again pumped that we're able to have this conversation right now and then like going back to like what you touched on like with the community and stuff like this is what i was talking about with andrew too like and going back to what we touched on earlier like the mission driven stuff like it feels like a lot of people that are into bitcoin have been thirsting for like purpose right and, and it's providing that for us and you see a brother in arms like go down like that. Obviously, you feel, but like you, because you know, like I know how you feel about this stuff. Because I feel the same way. I think, and it's like you want them more people. As somebody who feels this way, you want as many people to feel that way too. And like to even lose one of them in a battle like Bitcoin would have been devastating. Yeah, there's gonna be a really cool Netflix documentary about Bitcoin one day. And like I think psychologists should really study like the humans behind the asset. Seriously, like, what is the draw here? What's the buy-in that goes deeper than the financial gain? Like, why are people here? I, and, like, this relationship that we all have is a fascinating it's one. purpose, man. People want purpose. And I feel like we grew up in a world where, like, people weren't afforded, like, things that gave them purpose. Like, you, like especially, like, the clout-chasing social media world that we live in now. Yeah. Where it's all, look at me, look at me, look at me. Look what I'm doing for myself. It's not a lot of people looking out like, look what I'm building for everybody. Yeah, mm. and I think like generally, uh, human beings want to die being part of something bigger than themselves. I think that that that's really important. And with Bitcoin, you find that and and have something to really latch onto and believe in. That's just not only bigger than yourself, but it's absolutely enormous. And people enjoy that type of relationship with it. That yeah, so even Satoshi himself like wouldn't be as valuable at all if. Like he or she, excuse me, or they, like came back today. Like Bitcoin will forever outgrow and be bigger than any one thing. And I think like that's a really important relationship people have with it. And like people want to die with that type of relationship on the world. Like they believe Bitcoin is this big thing that will help the world. And dying, being a part of something way bigger than yourself is fulfilling. And like human beings generally, I think, is like it's a really intimate relationship people have with it. Right? No, I completely agree. And. That's why I fucking write the Ben. That's why we do this podcast. Yeah. Are we crazy? Like, Not probably. I hope so. <laughs> I do. I hope so because I would be mad at myself if I was normal. Right. That's yeah. It. That's a deep thing. We don't even get into that. But uh, but yeah. Not I hope. I hope I'm crazy. I do too. Not too crazy. I like working from home. I like being able to do. I like being able to write about what I want to write about. That's why I like. I think I had the opportunity to go write for a couple of in other publications in the space, but I was like, you know what? I just want to be able to do it for myself and nice. send it out yeah. MailChimp and a shitty link on Twitter. And that's the, all the distribution I need. But like being able, like that's the, the thing too. Like if you have okay things to bring to the table, people will listen to them as well. Absolutely. Like, I remember and I'm not saying I have that, but you're a stud. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, um, my dad has a, the bent printed out um and framed it was what yeah no no I swear to God. yeah 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 um it was the day that i did a lightning litecoin transaction with charlie and this was like 
let me give some context here before I get absolutely blasted. Um, it was when Litecoin got Segwit first, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this whole world of Segwit 2x and like, is Lightning legit? And Charlie Lee and I did a Lightning transaction using Zap, like in summer of 2017, maybe. When was when did you start the bet? Summer 2017. Okay, yeah. So there was an article where you put the Litecoin price in a graphic and then you said look what happened when this kid did a lightning transaction with charlie wait until jack mallers does it on bitcoin <laughs> and and my dad read it and was like fuck yeah that's my son <laughs> and like i remember getting t- texted like a link of of this newsletter and being like i like this guy man yeah Your dad was reading the bent before you were yeah dude my dad does everything before me. will's all over the place man yeah he's uh Damn, that's I'm honored because that was that was early on in the game. Yeah, that yeah. was very early on. Yeah, um, shit, it's crazy though. It's crazy. What can you like? And I don't want to get on my high horse here, or pump, blow smoke up my ass too hard, but you should, man. Uh, it has been worth waking up and writing the bin every day for yeah. the last almost two years. We're a month away from two years. Good for you. June 8th, 2019 will be the two-year anniversary. It's organic and authentic, and that's the beautiful part about it. I love it. It's a daily rant. I just get up and yell at everybody once a day. I love it. I remember when we were hanging out in Chicago drinking. I'm, like, looking at my phone. I'm, like, yo, dude, it's 1230. Like, the band comes out. <laughs> like, when do you write it? Like, it's soon. You're, like, yeah, man, I don't know. I set an alarm. Like, I wake up, pump it out, and hit submit. that's awesome i should probably be doing more proofreading that's uh or less uh definitely more definitely okay never mind (laughs) definitely more word um my dad just texted me actually let's see what he said gotta be something to do with the price tell him i said what's up we are we over 7k no he said crowded in here today with a picture of the dispensary boss hell yeah hovering around 7k that's great the price this week's been, I mean, I don't Nuts. like to talk price a lot, but it has been like the first like, oh shit, volatility's yeah. back. I guess volatility's back or like bidders are back. I mean, I mean, look at the size of these green candles. It's bonkers. Right? Yeah. And consecutively. Well, you know, I'll, I'll take this into a point where I hope is interesting to the readers. So I like doing quant analysis on like uh, halvings and like the spot price and relative to the having. And so uh, there's not enough historical data for me to draw any conclusions on how people price the having in. Um, but the 2016 one was relatively not priced in at all. And I found that really interesting. But I think that uh, the market, the participants in the market and who's placing buy orders on exchanges right now are much more sophisticated than those that were doing so in 2016. Well, I really, I have this assumption that the having is going to get priced in much more aggressively this time around. Um, and I could be like really wrong, but in theory, it should be um, it, like Bitcoin gets defiably more scarce on a specific day. And it not only gets more, but twice as much like what? What the fuck? Like, how are you guys not buying? So anyways, I think like this price action, I hope that it's people pricing in the having. I really do. I hope this market gets more efficient. Um, and I think it's a reflection of the sophistication of the participants that are in it compared to four years ago. But when I see the price today and the movements that are happening, I really hope that it is... It, a like, pre-price in instead of a post-price in? I would just like to see that. I mean, regardless, I think Bitcoin is going to go up a lot. And when it does, doesn't matter to me. 
but I would l I would hope that the reason behind this price action right now is uh, having related um, just because that would signal a maturing of not only the market itself but the participants that are are in it so I would hope I would hope so that's like what I'm telling people at the conference when they ask but I could be really wrong <laughs> I uh, wasn't checking a text I was checking the days till the next having based off the current difficulty 378 days away um, so a little bit over a year oh, a yeah. year and 13 days yeah it's that's that's so that's a topic of conversation for like a lot of the trace mayors, safety deans of the world is the having priced in. Yeah, the, in this like stock to flow thing, which safety mm -hmm. introduced and now Plan B is made popular. I yeah, hundred hundred trillion yeah. Uh, Plan B. Who I love, I love Plan B if he's listening. Um, but yeah, like these, this is the stuff I talk about with the Susquehannas and the Citadels, right? Is like what? Why is Bitcoin valuable? Well, I have no fucking idea. But if I had to guess, it's because like markets and as a society in general, like we value scarcity. Uh, and like there's only a few monetary commodities or commodities that can be considered monetary and Bitcoin is not only one of those but it gets scarce at a predictable rate and at a predictable time and it's going to be extremely more scarce <laughs> than any other asset ever and like introduce the having and stuff and then so in theory like this stuff should start to be priced in and in front run so yeah. I, I don't know I hope so no and it goes back to what we were touching on earlier about like brand awareness like Andrew Torbago's grandmother and being like Bitcoin. She's like, I know that. That's like part of it. Like part of price discovery is knowledge, right? Like you need uh, you need a collective understanding to which is priced into the asset, right? And yeah. as more people come to know Bitcoin, I guess and that's like the other thing. So like Barstool, that's been my uh, indicator more recently is Barstool Radio has been mentioning Bitcoin Marty more and more recently. <laughs> so that's, that's been cool. like... That's, that's a been... cool accomplishment. <laughs> I've got the like one bite app on my phone of Prez eating pizza. There's, uh, there's a lot of revisionist history going on in the Barstool offices about the advice that Bitcoin Marty was giving. Bitcoin nice. Marty was telling people not to buy shit coins and a dollar cost average in if they were going to buy it all. I was not nice. telling people to go all in. Yeah. I just want to get the record straight here. But going back to the Barcelona, they're talking about it. And this is, again, like, so in that first run up where they were aware in 2017, 2018, where I was in the office, like, stop buying shit coins. Please do not buy thousands of dollars of Bitcoin, if, especially if you can't afford it. Uh, and this time around, they already sort of have like a basic understanding. And like, again, like the tide rises, uh, the ships all rise with the tide. And like the tide is creating a higher and higher high water mark every sort of adoption bubble cycle yeah wave yeah i have two things to say in response to that one um economics 101 like just supply demand um if you think about it like this you're wearing for the listeners you're wearing this green tee if i were to offer you 50k for that t-shirt off my back right now yeah sure <laughs> but surely you'd go find more right and then eventually the market would find a sufficient price for that green tea. Um, and you just print more and more and more of them. Now, supply and demand in Bitcoin is crazy because someone today bought a Bitcoin for 7K and you can't go print more of it. And when you try to, it gets more and more difficult. And so that idea to anyone that understands scarcity, commodities, and just like an asset and supply demand metrics in general, like wow like dude that's nuts secondly did you know that um i was a fresh college dropout i didn't know what to do i was like damn what would i like to spend my time on i actually applied to barstool as an engineer and i wrote in my letter erica dave yeah what the fuck were you two thinking <laughs> i wrote in my letter i was like 
I can code and like your website's shitty, so I think I can make it better. But also, um, there's this Bitcoin thing, and I think you guys should use it as like you're really quirky and you're really a front mover on all fronts generally, like not afraid to take the first step. And I think you guys should try like this microtransaction, micropayment thing. Dude, uh, I was pitching this to them when I yeah, was in their office. Yeah, and it was an email. They're like, if you want to work at Barstool, you should just email this person. And so it was this long email, like, hi, I'm Jack. I design things, I code things, and like this Bitcoin thing I think would be really, I mean, considering Barstool's target customer and like who you guys relate to, I think it couldn't hurt. Like the R&R's got to be favorable. I've said Bitcoin <laughs> is a currency for the common man by the common man. And yeah, Barstool is press. a blog for the common man by the common man. Yeah, so I actually submitted that email to them. I never heard back, which is probably a good thing. I think, yes. Um, it's a good thing for your sake. I love Barstool. I am. I do too. I am a stoolie. I worked for. I enjoyed working for them. On the tech side, uh, they've got Andrew Barba who's crushing it. They need. They need more engineers. That's all I'll say. Nice. Or at least when I was there, I can't speak. I haven't worked there in a year. Sure. But when I was working there, like I was making Twitter bots, and I was like, I should not be making these Twitter bots. Uh, yeah. But Barstool is. That's another thing about brand awareness. Like, and the beauty of Barstool is like, people go to it and go to the site despite its clunkiness and stuff like that because they want to get the content because it's that good like mm -hmm. bitcoin people are using bitcoin despite its slowness i, I can't believe i'm analogizing bitcoin to barstool right now <laughs> but we're gonna fucking do it it's, it's slow arduous but it's worth it right? yeah it's worth it and the content at barstool is worth it and um i, I hope I hope that I hope my Barstool saga isn't ended. I'd like to be back in that office when not working for them, but like talking to them about Bitcoin. You know, it's funny. Um, my roommate, uh, whose nickname is Thumper, so Thumper. See big. Uh, he's Thumper from like the drinking game, or no Thumper from um, what's the movie? What is the movie with like Hook? The Bambi? Right. Oh, Bambi. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't there a Thumper in there? I think so. Or okay. is it Hook? I don't know. Is it one of the lost children of uh, At Neverland? At this point, it's just like numb to me. It's just mm -hmm. Thumper. But um, yeah, so Thumper watches me watch these pizza reviews every day. Like I'd I watch, watch them, them every religiously, day. right? And he asked me, he was like, dude, let's say Bitcoin like gets to a million dollars and like you're this like person that like called it and like all of you little nerds on Twitter are like popular. Like, would you rather go on Ellen or do a pizza review? And pizza I was like, review. Oh dude, I was embarrassed by the question. I was like, are you kidding me? Like how well do you, you live with me? You have to know me well enough. Yeah. Pizza review. Absolutely. I love Barstool. The pizza review in particular is uh, a form of content that amazes me because the spontaneity with which Dave brings to it, it, I laugh at it every day. Yeah. If it's a short one, if it's a long one, if he has a guest, if he doesn't, yeah. if he's in New York, if he's in a different city, like there's Dave has some, Dave has that it factor where he can just turn it on mm -hmm. and fucking be funny. Yeah, I went for a jog this morning, and uh, I've got the One Bite app, and it lets you know when you're around physically, like a place that Dave liked. So I'm constantly <laughs> getting dings like, "Yo, you're by Joe's Pizza or something." Like Dave gave it a nine point one. I'm like, "Fuck yeah, that's cool." It's right down the street. Yeah, doxing myself here. Oh, really? <laughs> Joe's Pizza, Manhattan, in uh, yeah, in uh, yeah, in Union Square, in uh, Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's but that like that indicator, like it's becoming, like I've said it slowly but surely, Bitcoin's like creeping into the psyche of the masses, and like mm -hmm. where it's becoming a common topic on Barstool is like, oh, 
Bitcoin price like jumped yeah. today. Like, well, also in the reverse, right? Like the people that don't like Bitcoin inherently are also dying. Like they're old. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we'll soon. There's some have, Zoomer haters too. Don't worry. Yeah, sure, but there, we'll soon have a world where people that are native to the internet, native to all payments they've sent, haven't been through checks or credit cards, but have been through like Venmo. Right. Mm -hmm. And like we'll have a world where these people are the ones having kids and these people are the ones that are CEOs of businesses and of Citadel. Right. And and like that that world will exist soon. And Zap. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, yeah. No, I think it's in the reverse as well. Not only is it brand awareness and it's survived, but in the reverse, like the people that really try and punish it um, aren't going to be around forever. Yeah. They eventually get their comeuppance, you know. Yeah. It's um, Bitcoin's a cruel bitch. She does yeah. not care what you think about her. She'll Don't. produce blocks roughly every 10 minutes, depending on what the difficulty is and yeah. how much hash rate Hopefully is on the we network. Can hedge that. <laughs> but don't underestimate, like, the turnover of, like, humanity, right? Like, there's a constant churn. Like, 10-minute blocks, like, what, 80-year lives or something, yeah. right? I don't know the average. Or generations, like, 33 yeah. years or something like that. Um, yeah. So I wonder what form of money, like, people being born today are, g are going to be pulled into doxing myself a little bit further here but i'm about uh -oh. to be 28 like it feels like life's like oh, fucking man. flown by so you're fast. like my age yeah we're like the same age nice what do you think i'm an old man no <laughs> no but it's like it's crazy to think how much our lives have changed it's like i remember fucking i've said this before like pulling aol out of the back of a millennium backstreet boys album and downloading it for my family i'm like yeah. 1996 or something like that um or no i was like 98 99 um but to think how far we've come for them, we're like, my mom is using an iPhone now and yep. is like introducing apps to me. It's like this yep. stuff is inevitable. And to think that it's not a natural progression of like to think that we're going to have an Internet and have a native digital currency just doesn't make any sense to me. Yep. As somebody who's I'm not even Internet native. I remember the world without the Internet. Yeah. Well, I'm short the dollar against Bitcoin with you. So I can't counter that. I agree with everything you just said. All right. So. Let's wrap it up here. Sure. Uh, anything, any last uh, topics or tidbits you want to give the freaks out there? Um, I don't think so, man. Um, I'm, I live on the internet and I use my full name as my whatever user tag or whatever. Um, so I'm not hard to find. Don't be shy. At Jack Mahlers. Yep. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for pulling through. Um, <laughs> no, nah, keep it up, both of you. Like, fucking Zap's incredible. It's Thanks, dude. making Bitcoin and Lightning usable for an idiot like myself. Um, so keep it up. I love what you're doing. Peace and love, freaks. <laughs>